Hi, this is Kristen Brock from the Chicago Park District. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Nowak Show starts in three, two, one. Well, you call Jefferson Americans, uh, America's founding gardener. He had a good garden? Fantastic. It's absolutely gorgeous. He had a little bit of an advantage over modern gardeners in that he had slaves, though. <laughs> because those guys I pick up in front of the Home Depot, they're cheap, but they're not slaves. Okay? Yeah. A lot of Americans, my understanding is, do their gardening in their closet with a grow light. What does that say about us? What does that say about America as a culture? uh, We're a culture that values our privacy. Uh... (laughs) And and our munchies. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 847-A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now back to American Radio Broadcast. On Facebook and Instagram at the Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are. She's lean and he's green. Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good morning and happy Easter. Good and, morning. And happy Passover because I guess we're we're doing both today. So uh whatever your uh favorite religion is your, your, Or if it's none of the above, happy cele- Sunday. Right. Or uh happy just uh running out to the store and grabbing as much candy as you can cuz it's it's some holiday where they sell a lot of candy like me. It's like I went, I went out and I found last week I'm 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 at the store and uh I see that there are chocolate eggs but they're mm-hmm. not just any chocolate eggs they're chocolate eggs that are butterfinger chocolate eggs mm. like the candy bar butterfinger mm-hmm. chocolate eggs and I thought yep needs to go in the cart yep <laughs> absolutely that's in my cart taking that home I had some jelly beans follow me home the other day I had some jelly beans also follow me <laughs> home the other day so this is the best thing about easter it's you know and 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 it's also the worst uh holiday of the season uh of the whole year which is april fool's day Mm -hmm. um uh, i had somebody actually call me yesterday tried to do an april fool's joke i don't know what this was the strangest (laughs) phone call i've ever really yeah i'm on the line with somebody else and a phone call comes in and i don't recognize the number so I thought, well, I'm going to call back just to see what's going on. I have no idea. Maybe somebody's trying to get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. I got a show tomorrow. Maybe it's a guest. I I don't know. And it's a New York number. 
and I call, and this guy. It sounded like the guy at the beginning of our show with the with the uh, the new phone number eight seven 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 one one five six one one. The Russian. The Russian uh, in New York, and I said, "Who is this?" <laughs> and he and he says, uh, "What are you trying to find?" I said, "Well, you called me, so what? What? Why did you call me?" And then after like back and forth, like this this standoff where. I'm not going to tell you information unless you tell me information. I say, well, you called me. Why did you call me? He says, well, it was going to be a April Fool's joke. And I went, what? Who are you? Yeah, who are you? How could this even possibly work? <laughs> and that was sort of the end of the con- This <laughs> Another reason why I hate April Fool's. I think I, I, I hate April Fool's jokes. I really do. I don't know why. I just Sonar's laughing. We're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's going to pull one out. And so he's probably got one lined up for the show. We got I got two hours. He's to, rubbing his oh, hands together. This is not good. This is not good at all. This is not good at all. Well, then we'll just uh, sit around. If something bad happens, I'll just. Oh, kind of. Wait, I thought I hit that. Shut up, Wesley. Yeah, that. Uh, so we we have a couple of hours to to have some sort of silly joke come our way and. Just gird your loins because that's 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 oh, boy. The, Mr. That's, Turk is listening, isn't he? And, and the fact that it's April Fool's Day and Easter on the same day, there's something sin, uh, something cosmic about that, uh, sinister about <laughs> about the whole thing. All right, uh, but we're here live. By the way, this is all live uh, on Easter Sunday morning, so we're not taking the day off. We're anything. live on Facebook. If you're not watching, why not get uh, over I to don't know. the yeah, Mike Novak show? We got the two camera set up there with the new banner in the background and. Uh, today we're talking art. Um, why not? Bill Turk does it on his show, Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall. And uh, uh, we're, that's how we're going to start. Shiloh Horan is in the studio with her uh, seed art, which is so cool. Uh, and then in the second hour, uh, we talk about young farmers, new farmers, beginning farmer of the year, Yoram Shanan. Uh, is going to be here with us. We interviewed him at the Good Food Expo, uh, and we'll talk about that. And then uh, we get a little bit more serious uh, towards the end, but it's a really interesting story that I don't think is being covered very much in Chicago, which is about uh, horse-drawn carriages Mm -hmm. in the city of Chicago and an effort to get them banned, basically, because it ain't good for the horses. Uh, and Judy Wiedeker is going to be here in studio with us. Everybody's in studio with they yeah. all came in on an Easter Sunday. So, all right, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around. Uh, watch us on Facebook Live, too. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. 
Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. It might be winter, but you can still visit farmer's markets hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. We're getting headsets and all on camera (laughs) (laughs) and art in the background. Oh, okay. We're off to a great start here. So, uh, yes. (laughs) Shut up, Wesley. All right. That's, that's how we'll start. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, welcome to this week's edition of the Mike Novak show. Thanks, Mike Novak. All right. There we go. Uh, welcome in, uh, in the, in the studio here. Uh, we have, uh, Shiloh. Shylan Hora, I can't even get that right. And you it can is call me shy. shy. Yes, shy. shy. Everybody, sh- but you're not. You're not. I'm at all. not shy at all. I know. So it's not the best name for you, I guess. It, well, what well, kind of a name is it anyway? My daddy was a hippie. He created the name. Did he really? He did. Shylin. Wow. Have you ever heard of anyone else named Shylin? No. Neither have I. Is it pronounced Shylin? It's Shylin. Shylin. That's right. And oh, I also so he did it just so, just to annoy everybody <laughs> you know. Well, that and I suppose it's memorable. All right, I'm going to bring this up a little bit too. Okay. Right. Uh, uh, Is that good? Let's go better. All right, there we go. <laughs> don't don't touch the dinger. Okay. Who? Hey. No. Who said you could touch the dinger? Shut up, Wesley. All right. Uh, but uh, Shy Lynn, that's right, Aura <clears throat> or Shy or Shy, mm-hmm. um, is uh, mm-hmm. is here in the studio with us, and she and I go back uh, several years, and, and and as I wrote on my blog, it was um, a very it might as well have been in another universe uh, <laughs> at another time because I was at the time doing podcasts off my dining room table. That's that's how many people wanted mm-hmm. me to be on the radio at the time, um, and I got this email from you about uh, a group out Maywood Way. That's right. Mm-hmm. The uh, mm-hmm. Proviso Partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were putting together, well, basically the idea was to teach the community, to teach students how to grow their own food. Is that garden still there? It is. Still up and, and running. And what's, what's the name of the garden again? It's uh, the Proviso East Partnership uh, with also another, but, but it, had a, it had okay. I've got it here on uh, on the on the blog, but there was a specific name to the garden. But the Giving Garden, the Giving Garden. There That's we go. Right. The yeah. Giving Garden. Yeah. I participated in the project. It was about three years ago. How and, did you get involved in that? Well, there's an, an amazing architect named Nathan Wright. He runs the Nathan Wright. And exactly. I love Nathan, and I hope Nathan's <laughs> listening because I hope he is as well. He needs to be on the show. He does need so, to be on the show. I right. mean, I've had him on before, but mm-hmm. I haven't in a while. And now he's mm-hmm. got he's got kids in tow and stuff. I mean, I've known the guy 
probably for a decade, maybe 12 years, and mm-hmm. when he just seemed like this crazy college kid, you know? Right. <laughs> he still does seem like a crazy college he kid. He does. He's this yeah. tall, tall he's, gangly guy. Right. Who looks Full like, of great ideas looks and like vigor. like he's 20 years old, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I, which I hate him for, but... Uh, oh, yeah? Uh, well. well, he's a great landscape designer. Anyone need services, give him a call. Nathan Wright Landscape Design. W-R-I-G-H-T. And That's right. I'll, I'll mm. take only 5%. Nathan, okay, only five. <laughs> so, but so you knew Nathan, and he and he dragged you into this, and that's right. That's and, right. And how did you drag me into this? I don't even remember that. Well, I knew that it was an important project that they were doing over there, and I wanted to help them get some radio time. And I knew you were the guy because you also are a bit of a wild hair, wouldn't you say? Creatively, uh, are, are you looking at my head? <laughs> Because, you well, know, my, my hair often attacks my head, mo- yeah. mostly in the morning. Well, if you aren't causing a little bit of ruckus, then you're I don't not, know what you're, you're doing. You're not doing it right. Exactly. Exactly. And you will not be memorable then, um, nor will you make an impact. So I say And that especially applies to women. That Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, well, no, I'm serious. I mean, somebody who is who? That's getting a lot of likes on Facebook, uh, by the way. Which, uh, <clears throat> which person said, somebody said that the... Uh, women, well-behaved <clears throat> women don't make headlines or whatever. It's, I'm paraphrasing. And Kath- right. Kathleen will now pr- proceed to write on Facebook <laughs> what the actual quote is, and I don't remember what it is. But Well, it's true. Women are powerful, and here we are. And there you are. And here I am. I'm surprised you didn't bring uh, your whole family here today as well. Well, no, they're... I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> You've lost track of them on I've Easter? I've lost track of them, yeah. On Easter? Hello, oh, yeah. where are you? How does that even happen? Well, no, they're having some family time. They're probably just waking up about now. But that's okay. I'll join them later. And and they're mm-hmm. having goodies today with... Real butter. <laughs> with real butter. Real butter. I know they're or having At least real chocolate butter. bunnies. That's right. At least chocolate that's bunnies. Right. Well, chocolate bunnies, uh, I imagine, <clears throat> have real... Well, some of them do. Does, cho- does all chocolate have butter in it? I have no idea. Does chocolate have butter at Not all? all of it, no. No, chocolate no, no, wouldn't. Chocolate, no. But if you're baking with it or you're then making you it richer, yeah, you're then gonna you're add gonna add butter. Then you're going to throw that butter. in. It shows you how much I know about baking and right. about food. <laughs> we can change that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's okay. It's probably just as well. And, and I see that you've brought, speaking of Easter. Yes, I brought you and Peggy a, a fine little treat. Look at this. It's a woven... Easter basket, and in the basket... Did you weave it? I did not weave it. Okay. That was one of my other women, powerful women people in the world. (laughs) Um, It's a basket filled with small Easter eggs, and some of the eggs have seeds inside. Oh. The others have dark chocolate-covered almonds in them. Mm. So it would be a great thing if you would crack one of these eggs open and see if you can identify the seed all right, well, that's first inside. First of all, we have to... We have to wait, I'm going to get that the, on... the headsets off so that I can just pull... I got a photo that will go up on Instagram. Uh, up can here, you get it? As you can see in one of the cameras. Look at that. Is that just the sweetest... Oh, we need to... We need yeah. the bunny. Oh, wait. Wait a second. Oh, you went to the wrong one. How about... We just can't see the front of the bunny. Turn it, turn it toward the camera. There we go. The other way. Oh, I'm trying. Um, right there, there you go. There, there's a body. <laughs> I was, you know what? I'm holding. I'm holding the thing, and I'm looking at the ear here, and I'm thinking, oh, it's a goose. Mm. So I'm trying to get the beak. 
It was supposed to. No, it's not a goose at all. It's a rabbit. It started it's, as a goose. It became that's a right. rabbit. It's a way to bring together Easter right, and I'm, the love I'm of I'm going to open a nice blue egg. Okay. See what we got. Oh, we have seeds. Oh, you got a seed. seeds. You know what seeds, what seeds seed are? What seed is that? I know, it's, I know what seeds they are, but do you? No, of course I don't. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a... I'll give you a clue. It it often will arrive on your table. Okay. Wait a it's, second. It, yeah. it comes from a, another country, but it is served on our table here in the United States of America. <clears throat> a large fruit. Uh, papaya. You got it. Ding. Really? You're right. You did it, Mike. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe it. Yep. See? It's uh, not. It's, it's not a guava seed. It's, it's a, not a guava. Not a he guava. got a papaya. <clears throat> All right. Papaya. So, given Papa, one papaya. minute of focus and determination, he was able to identify the I'm seed. Quit, I'm quitting. While You're I'm quitting. Ahead. Do you want to try one, Peggy? <laughs> All right. Let's see. Okay. We'll dig in. <clears throat> so he did this one already. All right. I'll dig in and grab another. Okay. One. <clears throat> this one. Did I get the empty one? Nope. This oh. has got. Oh. This has. Ooh. Look at those seeds. They see are. This? It's a a strip of seeds. Yeah. Let's see here. It's in a small, thin pod. Okay. It's a tree seed. Hmm. Off the top, I don't know. That wouldn't be a catalpa, would it? Uh, no, but a catalpa does have a pod, so you're yeah. in the zone-ish. You're in the right zone. The right zone-ish. Yeah, that's right. How about, oh it's boy, a, now i got to remember the other seeds. L. Linden? No. No. Black locust. Locust. Black uh, locust. I think I would. How many different uh, seeds do you have here in these eggs, do you think? I have probably 15, 15 different seed My types. Goodness. And, yeah. and, that, and that's the whole point. You take, right. the, you mm-hmm. collect these seeds and then mm-hmm. you create art like. Harvesting the art. seeds and planting ideas. And if you look that's behind and where my hand is there in the shot with uh, Shailen, uh, that's seed art. And mm-hmm. on camera, you can see. Mm-hmm. The darker ones. Oh, look at that. We're doing, oh, we're doing close-ups at oh, everything. Doing, that's right. Okay, he's hold, on, hold on. Let's, okay, now let's hold this thing up. Come on. Okay. We Can we get it? So way. if grab, you are not it. watching on Facebook you Live, you really need to head over to Facebook Live, right the Mike Novak Show, really and okay. look at these amazing. All right. And then. Here we go. Let me get this. All right. I need a photo of you guys holding that up. I'm trying to do it so that, yeah, let's tilt it forward. There we go. And you can see more of the shadow box. Uh, and that's all different kinds of seeds in there. It would be nice to do a close-up, but for now. Yeah, we could probably do it with the smaller, Okay. the, the seed quilt there. Yeah. Really cool stuff. And, and we'll have Shailen explain how she puts that together. Uh, oh, it's a very elaborate process. And you've got another little one I there. do have a small one here as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm going to hold that up. This one, is, um, this one is a small piece all that's right, got. I'm going to hold this one up. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Right about there. Yeah. Perfect. There's, mm-hmm. there's the Well the done, Mike. So these these are <laughs> kind of like a shadow there. box for mm-hmm. those who aren't watching, kind of like a shadow box. Mm-hmm. And it is seeds there that have been is. carefully it's... selected and mounted inside um, in different designs, different patterns. This is a very small box. The other one was much larger. So you call, is that a seed quilt? That particular well, one? I'm actually calling these seed museums. Okay. Um, museum because museums predominantly are buildings that mm-hmm. house objects of interest that are historical, artistic, and scientific. But mm-hmm. these are not buildings. They are wall-hanging art pieces. Yeah. So these objects, they're, it's a, it's a 
It's a framed box. Mm-hmm. It's usually two or three inches deep. It's going to be called a shadow box. Inside the shadow box, there is an elaborate network um, that is hung inside the box of string. They cross over one another. It's a, it's a grid. It's actually. a grid. Exactly. Yeah. A grid. It almost looks like a net, if you could, that's um, holding a large amount of seeds. So, and, and how are the seeds attached to the string? Some of the seeds are actually attached by sewing threads across uh, string. Mm-hmm. So I'm sewing. Other ones are adhered with a glue. Yeah, the, uh, the one video you were using putting glue on and sprinkling the seeds. And... Exactly, right. And, so, and you can actually get a really good sense of this if you go to MikeNovak.net. Go to uh, uh, the the this week's show, which is right on the homepage, mm-hmm. and I and I have a close-up of uh, of one of your pieces, and uh, it shows the grid and it shows the various seeds and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not sure how all those are ta- are those attached in different ways the ones the, that are? yeah it's a variety of ways so if the seed is large and unable to sit on the cross section of the two strings then I'm going to be using string to tie it down onto the network uh-huh. but if it's a very tiny seed that I can just put a dab of my special glue <laughs> on the cross string. <laughs> top that, secret glue. It exactly. It, it doesn't, it doesn't have like a cow on the front of the no, bottle. It does it? No? no, it doesn't. Okay. No, it doesn't. No. Sometimes I make my own glue. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes. Really? Yes. What do you make it out of? Well, if I tell that, then... Oh, come on. Nobody's going to do this. Do <laughs> you think everybody's going to go home and start gluing seeds to string? I know they might. I'm working on my copyright. So until I do that, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to protect my... So you're serious my... about that. So oh, you, I'm you wanna, serious. You wanna, okay. Oh, yeah. The... I believe this is a, a genius piece of, of product <laughs> that I continue, I'm going to continue to mm-hmm. push this into corporations and institutions of education and corporate boardrooms. These things speak from the wall. They don't just hang there and stop. No, they're re- it's really they, lovely. This is Thank great. you, Mike. Yeah. They speak from the wall. And you've been selling some of these things, too, Oh, yeah. You? They're flying off the wall like hotcakes. <laughs> <laughs> faster than you can put them together I'm exactly sure. i had a discussion about that with mike in the stu- in the in the lobby that um my small ones are all disappearing so i can't make them fast enough um it is true that i because i've been in the studio working so hard to create i haven't been able to um thus far promote the product and but, and and you've lost track of your children and your husband exactly <laughs> exactly that exactly that does happen when <laughs> so on a large piece mm-hmm. like the one uh behind you how long yes. does that take you this will take this took me about a month it okay. takes me three days just to create the the fr- the internal frame mm-hmm. where i drill the holes in into the sides and then string the strings through that takes me about three days and then the rest is um, harvesting the seeds because I'm harvesting them locally all by myself um, from uh, green spaces, mm-hmm. sidewalk cracks, even my lunch and dinner plate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Harvesting the seeds, drying the seeds, preparing them, make sure there's no moisture in them, there's no insects in them. And I also have a special procedure to do that, which I will not tell what that is. So you're going to copyright all of this. This is copyright the insect control. You know. Right, exactly. Well, I have been doing this practice. We're, for... we're big fans here of open sourcing. I yeah. don't know if this is really oh, yeah. kosher here. Oh, okay, okay. Of course I'm partially joking, but join me on and, a seed and, hunt. And Sonar's laughing at this because he? uh, he's like the king of open sourcing is audio. He, <laughs> yeah. he really is. Well, join me on a seed hunt. I also do um, workshops that give back to the community. It's called Seed Hunting and Quilting in the City. 
So it's a workshop where we go out and on a seed hunt together. And then in that workshop, yes, mm-hmm. I call that seed quilting, where we combine burlap and handmade papers okay. with seeds to create an object, an art object, which is a seed quilt. Uh-huh. We hang it, display it, and then after that, we plant the object in order to watch it grow. Mm-hmm. So that I do, sh- yes. It's what we call living art. That's it is living art. Ding. <laughs> you can you can hit it yourself. You're right. Oh, okay, okay. You you, rep- you reprimanded me earlier, so I wasn't <laughs> yes. sure. She was staying far away from the day. I did. Oh, no, I no. decided to, you know, hit it. <laughs> there you go. All right, all right. We got to take a short break. <laughs> we'll be back with Shailin Hora and her seed art. We're going to learn more secrets of harvesting. And- <laughs> making art of it. We'll be right back. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This is a special invitation for the public to join the Last Chance House for a celebration of sobriety at this year's annual banquet. Mark your calendars for Saturday, April 7th, when the Last Chance House is hosting its annual celebration at the brand new and beautiful Avante Banquet and Conference Center in Fox River Grove, Illinois. This fundraising event features a beautiful four-course dinner, live and silent auctions, raffles, and an inspiring keynote address by this year's visiting speaker, John Kay from Dallas, Texas. Your all-inclusive VIP tickets are just $75 each. Last Chance House is a premier short-term sober living home and accepts no insurance, federal or state funding, but rather relies solely on private donations to help men recover from alcoholism and learn to live a happy, productive life in sobriety. For more information about this year's banquet, visit us online at lastchancehouse.org. Plan on joining us on Saturday, April 7th for what promises to be a fun and inspiring celebration that benefits a most important mission that helps not just the man recover, but the entire community. Remember that for each man who recovers, so recovers his family, friends, and community members. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. After a big party is over, the people get to go home, but all the decorations get thrown in the trash. That's why there's random acts of flowers. RAF collects flowers used at weddings, memorial services, and community events, then repurposes them into beautiful bouquets to deliver to people in healthcare facilities. It's a small and simple gesture, but when you see the smiles on people's faces, it's more than worth it. To learn more, call 847-430-4751 or go online at rafchicago.org. Catch Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on 1590 WCGO. And in honor of Easter Sunday, I want everybody to sing along when we get to the chorus here. And of course, everybody knows I should do a contest. Sonar's tuning up right now. Name that tune. Okay, name that tune. We got a book for you. Two, three, four. Yes, as you all knew, folks, it is Vivaldi's Gloria. Uh, we'll give... well, I kind of guessed it was Vivaldi, but I didn't have yeah. Gloria. Okay. <laughs> uh, I used to sing this in uh, high school, so that's uh, uh, one of my all-time favorite. Uh, I would play the whole thing, except that 
then probably Facebook would smack us down. Mark Zuckerberg would 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 hit he's, us up for he's royalties. Like, he's pacing the floor right now. Yeah. Uh, and I need to do this real quickly before we get back to Shailen. Do I get? I wonder if I should sing this. And so this is Easter. Oh, nice. And what have you done? Another Lent over. Now time to have fun. And so this is Easter. I hope you have eggs. <laughs> The real and the fake one with chocolatey legs. That makes no sense at all. Okay. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, my. That was beautiful. I'm going to fade that down a little bit faster this time. <laughs> uh, but, hey, you know, there aren't a lot of Easter carols out there, and I just created one. Uh, however, this is a commercial for Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, and if I don't have your attention by now, I'm never going to get it. Easter is simply a reminder that gardening season is about to descend upon us like like bunny claws coming down the chimney every, every year and leaving presents under our Easter lily trees. I, can, okay. I can't wait to get home and see what little rabbit surprise is on my carpet. <laughs> Chicago, Chicago Land Gardening Magazine, a publication, you know, and they're going to disavow this commercial. A publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. I'm going to have to write a bunch more Easter carols. I think, I think that's my new calling in life. Back to the studio, we have artist Shailin Hora, uh, with her seed art here. Uh, and during the break, uh, we, we realized that Veronica Hinky at the Medewin Tallgrass Prairie was watching us on Facebook. And I said to Shai Lynn, mm. you need to go to Medewin and collect seeds because you could get some really cool stuff there. If it's okay with you, Veronica, can you give us a like? If if that's going to be uh, uh, all right with you, Veronica, we'll we'll see if. Uh... Otherwise, we'll connect you guys later. That sounds yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, which takes me mm. to my question about what kinds of seeds you collect. Do you do you ever reject <laughs> seeds, or do you have to have specific Good kinds? Good uh, question. Yeah. Yeah. Primarily, I'm harvesting tree seeds because mm-hmm. they're hardier and they're larger. So the predominantly uh, most of the seeds are going to be tree seeds, but there are also a great selection of fruit and flower trees, uh, fruit and flower seeds that are quite large and have beautiful textures and colors. So on the piece behind me, I have apple, cantaloupe, pumpkin. Ah. Uh, what else do I have? Oh, of course, the BL, the black locust. <laughs> I have um, some maple, uh, green pepper papaya, and a little leaf linden or tilly cortada. <laughs> That's another point. Don't, I, don't you try that Latin on us. You're right. I primarily go by the, the common name because I definitely want to be approachable by all individuals. And, uh-huh. you know, and I also like my shy is a great name for me. And I like to call seeds by their common nickname. So, yeah, but but it's important to know if somebody asks you, you might have a, a biologist, a botanist, yes. a botanist ask you, uh, you know, what seeds are you using? Mm-hmm. And and does it so basically you say the larger seeds work better? Yes. Um which makes total sense mm-hmm. because if you're sitting there 
cursing Angeling. as you're trying to oh, attach them no to. Oh, there's no cursing. It's all no? pure, beautiful, meditative spirit work. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I, it somehow is. I'm just not. <laughs> well, it actually is. I okay. actually have a little box. I call mm-hmm. it Quiet Inquiry, where it's my tiny little devices and tools that I use to poke and prod and pick up. I have a nice selection of tweezers that are perfect just to delicately delicately pick up mm-hmm. seeds and put them Get right your where they brush go. brush for the glue. Exactly, my brush for the glue. I have a little tiny funnel. I have um, a th- some thorns that I've collected from various other bushes. Do you, do you put thorns on, too? Well, no, I use them to, like, poke a seed and place it somewhere with a thorn. But a thorn might be a really interesting way to go, or does that That's break... True. With the convention uh, of oh, what no, you're I, doing. Um, I am going to diversify a bit into some other botanical objects. I am doing another Because collection. there are some fascinating botanical mm-hmm. objects oh, out amazing. there. Oh, amazing. Feathers, for example, are amazing. And well, but withstand. see, now, now you're going, you're going into true. another family That's altogether. That's true. That's true. Uh, That's true. Uh, uh, but I, I, d- I do care for the seed also because of its significance. I mean, definitely there is a message in these pieces. They're not only beautiful, but there is a strong message. And the message message is, is, let us now promote conservation and preservation of our fine natural world. All of our wealth comes from nature. Let us preserve it Mm -hmm. so that we can continue. So that that is my message. And (laughs) you get get a ding. I get a ding. You get a ding. And definitely, I mean, I definitely want to push these into um, corporations and institutions that make decisions about Mm -hmm. our natural world and the way they affect it. And I'd like to get one of these in every boardroom. Right. It's like having, um, it's like bugging a room. (laughs) Exactly, Mike. It's that subtle message in the background. Yeah, like I said, these pieces do not, they're not created and they stay on the wall and that's the end of the day. These pieces have spirit and they have a voice Mm -hmm. that will continue to work. Well, the other thing is they're three-dimensional. Exactly. Because they're in mm-hmm. the shadow boxes. And motion. And, it, and, and, in, and one of the things we discovered, at, and by the way, my apologies you, when you sent me that email last night for the photo of you. I can send it to you if you want. Wonderful. Uh, it's a great photo of us standing in front of the beast, I call it. The giant, <laughs> the most massive piece I've made, which is a six-by-five-foot seed museum. Uh, but... <laughs> But the thing is, it, when the light hits in different ways, you get so if you have it in an office and and light is changing during the course mm-hmm. of the day, it's going to be different art, which exactly. is really cool. Yes, there's a the other life behind the friend of the seed is the shadow life, which is just behind it, about two or three inches. So yes, like as Mike said, depending on the light, the shadows shift and change. Mm-hmm. 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 So how does this affect your other art? Because you do other art, it, it seems like it has. It has um, uh, come in and, and taken over. That's all right? true. So, so, so yes. the other art just go away for a while? How does this no, work? Um, well, I am trained as a printmaker. I'm an Intaglio printmaker. And my art started by collecting botanical objects and then looking at them from observation and doing renderings and mm-hmm. creating prints. So I still continue to make prints, but I'm, I also do paintings as well, mostly treescapes. Mm-hmm. So I still create in all those different ways but primarily i love the seed work just because of the message and um the way that it brings people closer to the outdoors i find so for example just even now you were able to identify that was a papaya seed so probably the next time you're eating your lunch or you're cutting your lunch open you're gonna say hey oh my goodness i could keep these seeds or this is a green pepper this is a papaya just the way that it works i find is it's powerful Mm -hmm. Um, the connection between what we eat, 
what we walk over down the sidewalk, how we interact with nature. I feel like these pieces bring that message a little home quicker yeah. than the paintings do. Well, especially in an urban setting. People, That's right. We all just, most people daily walk past seeds, never see them. Exactly. Never, never see what's on grass. So are, are, are you the crazy mm-hmm. lady in the neighborhood who's picking up seeds uh, on, the, on the lawns and uh, in am. the gutters and I that sort am. of thing? But I usually have my daughter with me, which helps a lot. And I'm, I, I have a friendly face. And so, and usually I have cowboy boots on, which I call my all-terrain boots. <laughs> and they're like, "Wow, what are you collecting?" Actually, that's how the seed hunting started. No, no, those things, <laughs> those things are 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 kickers. <laughs> you know, they are. Well, also, people don't mess with me when I wear those. Of course, boots. They, they don't mess with me. You don't mess with somebody wearing right. cowboy exactly. boots. Come on, right? But I have a friendly smile, and I, I definitely vibe like. <laughs> you keep saying, Hi, come on she over." Keeps, <laughs> she keeps saying that like she's trying to convince people. No, 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 but no. I have a friendly I, smile. I, honest. Do, I do. I do. <laughs> the smile. No, it's it friendly. Does, no, it no, does no. Work. Don't yeah. take it that way. It I really mean, is friendly. From what I can see, I don't. I don't think people have ever looked at me like I'm crazy. And if they do, well, good for them. Them. <laughs> so so what's next what what's your dream seed box dream seed museum um i would like to do um i'd like to do wall pieces so it it takes the whole wall up of so course it, oh my goodness and the I, whole and, wall. I, and, and and in her studio you should see uh people have paints in their little boxes she has seeds and, and has, has my palette yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and and they're in these Lovely little organized areas and little collections of seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you're gonna if you're gonna do a wall, you don't have enough seeds yet. I'm, I'm well. Imagine. The seeds you saw was a it was a very small portion of what I actually have. Oh, okay. The seeds I put out was just don't the, look in the garage. Oh, folks. <laughs> yeah. My husband and I have quite a few discussions about that. Uh huh. He almost kicked me out when the fruit flies. Did, took did over. they ever? <laughs> did they ever germinate on you? Uh, they do not, no, because I'm drying them out. Oh, okay. I, I usually dry them out. Yeah, I haven't had that problem. I have. I mean, that would be interesting if you yeah. had a flood or something. And right. Suddenly and they all started, the seeds some are of the germinating. got wet. Yeah. yeah, that would be. Yeah. Oh, well. well, I mean, I definitely take donations. I take seed donations. So if there's anybody out there that has seeds that they'd like to give away or um, seeds that they Because found, I know all kinds of people are out there in their cowboy boots with their kids collecting right, seeds collect- <laughs> right now on Easter. They're doing that. So, yeah, just send them to Shailene yeah, Hora. Send and, them to or, me. You by look- the way, which reminds me, because we're, we're going to uh, <clears throat> have to let you go here, but if folks want to see your art, and, and aside from my website, go to MikeNovak.net, you'll see some of it. But if they want to contact you, how do mm-hmm. they do that? They can go to ShailenHora.com, and Shailen is with two eyes, just like you have two eyes. Shailen, S-H-I-L-I-N, and then Hora, H-O-R-A.com, and they can look at the seed work there. And then for the community uh, workshops, you can go to growstudio.org. That's growstudio.org. And when are the community workshops? They are given to institutions and organizations upon request. Oh, okay. So it's as... Uh, catch as catch can and whenever exactly. you suggest it. A okay. couple times a year I do do events where I say seed hunt at this spot, meet up at this time. I, I, two <laughs> times a year I do that. Be wearing cowboy boots <laughs> exactly. and, and bring a, fr- a flashlight. And bring a cloth bag to collect. And a cloth bag to collect. <laughs> All right. Shailene Hora, thank you so much for coming down here and bringing your seeds and your your art and uh, and your Easter eggs 
Are those going back with you? No, they're staying here. It's really? a gift for you and Peggy. Wow. Yes. So cool. Thank you. Can, you. Thank you. And if you have questions about them, call me and ask me what the seed names are. All right. We'll be right back. Do you know that Chicagoans are getting healthier all the time? This is Peggy, and I know this is true because for eight years I've been publishing Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest magazine. And if you want your message to reach this growing market, you need to get your business in front of our readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us that our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and they're ready to take action. That's more than 80,000 people in Chicago who will respond to your message. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, doctors, dentists, nutritionists, health coaches, yoga, even home improvement and landscape experts. Natural Awakenings is a free monthly magazine available in more than 1,100 locations throughout Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. Call me today to expand your market and grow your business. 847-858-3697. That's 847-858-3697. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. This is Mike Novak, Tree Keeper number 417, inviting you to register for the Openlands Tree Keeper Spring Course. Tree Keepers are trained volunteers who advocate and care for nature's most majestic plants, trees, around the Chicago area. The eight-day course covers topics like tree planting, mulching, pruning, pests and diseases, and more. The course will be held Sundays and Thursdays, April 8th through May 3rd at the Washington Park Fieldhouse in Chicago. To learn more, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Let's go organic. Let's do what's right. Say no to poison with all your might. In action, we'll seal our fate. Let's go organic. The earth can wait. Ah, uh, thank you, Eco Elvis. Oh, I should have brought the maracas this morning. I, uh, I can run to the car, and I'm sure I've got something in, in, in the back there. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with uh, Peggy Malecki. Uh, and now we have all these Easter eggs here that I suppose we're going to have. I have to plant papaya now. Open the green one. Yeah, Open what, the green what one. have we got? Oops. We got some fluffy Shailene, are you still here? All right, what is this? Oh, come on in, Sh- <laughs> All right, what do we got? We open this one. What, what's this one? It's the sycamore. Oh. The sycamore. The sycamore. The fluffy. I, I tried to trick you with that one because I took the seed hairs off of the inner ball. Mm-hmm. So I tried to trick you on that one. <laughs> Is there a cheat sheet at the bottom of this? <laughs> yeah, really. How are we going to know this if we just open these and we can't right. figure out what they are? Wait. Well, you can call me or post right, it, right, and more. then I'll answer. I'm going to o- do the orange, the orange one. One, one of these okay. has the almonds in it. Oh, there it is. The almond. He got the chocolate covered <laughs> almond. Now we're talking. Okay. Now you're talking. I'm not going to try to eat the sycamore seeds. Last year, I remember the, who, who brought in the Lisa mar- Rose. Brought in the marigolds, mm. and she said, Oh, it's edible. And so oh. I, 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 I it, no, it was, no, um, no, 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 no. Goldenrod. 
I'm sorry. Goldenrod. Uh, right, not marigolds. Goldenrod. Okay. Goldenrod, and uh, I tried eating it. It's an and... interesting facial expression <laughs> you yeah, had. Yeah, no, no I would. I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't. Don't put it on your cereal. Okay, okay is what okay. I would say. But right. But the chocolate covered almonds, sure. Why not? Oh, yeah. that's All a little right. extra treat for the day. All right, get out of here. Au revoir. <laughs> Toodaloo. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, and um, I was noticing uh, we had uh, some uh, interesting stuff on our. Facebook page. And by the way, we are live on Facebook for anybody who's just listening on the A&M, um, uh, the old school way. Uh, this uh, bill that just went through Congress uh, is... Just kind of smeck some things in. Well, yeah, but it, 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 the, um, it's it, an omnibus bill. And, and there was some good and some bad that came out of it. Uh, and it's just what I don't get is is this the way that we run our government now is we we have a a, a multi hundred page bill nobody sees it until 24 hours before the vote and then we don't know what's in it and then it trickles out later all the stuff that that just got passed what what kind of government is this uh government by secrecy government mm-hmm. by uh, backroom dealing um which is the chicago way i i get that um, it, it's not supposed to be what happens in D.C. Uh, so uh, uh, some of the things that happened were good things, environmental things, which I posted the other week uh, there. And, and I, sh- I don't have that right in front of me, but uh, um, there's some bad things, too. Because and it's an article that I posted uh, uh, from Mother Jones. Um, Let me find that the out. meat industry, uh, as they write, quietly scored a pair of legislative coups. Uh, both of which bolster corporate power to impose the downsides of factory-scale animal farming on communities. And we're going to be talking about mistreatment of animals later on in the show when it comes to horses. Uh, But uh, folded into the omnibus spending bill last week is a rider that will prevent knowledge of factory farms from reaching public view. It's based on a bill called the Fair Agricultural Reporting Method Act, or farm, get it, uh, which proposed to free most livestock operations from having to report the airborne toxins emitted from the manure they accumulate. So basically, um, since they don't have to report that, when people complain, they're going to say, well, the EPA doesn't have any information mm-hmm. about this, so why we don't have? Yeah, we don't have. It, there's just no way to prove that. Yeah, it's it's almost like the the gun thing, where you know, if you can't do a study on it, how can you know whether it's causing any harm? So that that is the kind of thing that sneaks through these uh, our, our Congress these days without debate, and the president doesn't know what he's signing. He's kind of a, you know. I won't even use an adjective because I'll just get in trouble for it. And uh, but he doesn't know what's in there. Not only does he not know it, the legislators don't know what's in there. And even if they know what's in there, they don't know the effect it's having. Yeah. So we're, it's and 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 as I said, some some good stuff came out of the uh, omnibus bill. Uh, for instance, uh, I want to thank our friend Sandra Henry who who published something about how billions of dollars in additional funds for scientific research, including renewable energy research, earth systems observations, and sea level monitor- monitoring, were also inside 
the omnibus bill, $1.3 trillion in spending. And nobody knew about that, and now we're finding that out, too. And we're saying, yay, that's good. Hooray for our mm-hmm. side. <laughs> you and know, the Great it, Lakes Initiative was fully funded. And the Great Lakes Initiative. Go figure uh, that these things get funded, and then suddenly we realize, oh, wait, there's a downside, too. Now we've got all this pollution that's going to be coming out. The point, folks, is that uh, whether it's good or it's bad, we should know about this before there's a vote. That's not the way our government works anymore. It's it has it's being run by fiat, um, and and I, the only way you change that is to change the people who are running the government, and that means elections, and that means November sixth. So, knock yourselves out, <laughs> really. If you if you don't like what you're hearing, if you don't like what you're seeing, and tell your legislators what's important to you, because many times they don't even know to look for it. You know, they wouldn't know that it's something is important or that it's going to take time. And so bring it to their attention. Call, <laughs> write. Which makes me wonder why they have staffs. Isn't that what the staff is supposed to do is is to, to read the stuff through and tell? I mean, I understand that a, a legislator can't necessarily read through everything. Uh, that's why you have a staff. Especially right? when they're raising campaign reelection funds. You got me. Uh, the other thing that was really cool this week, or wait, that was not cool. This is cool, is the comet that emerged from Cocoon at the Peggy Notabart so Nature. That's so cool. I know. It's beautiful. It, it's it amazing. Is, it's, it's a stunning uh, moth, and uh, it. Uh, I want to uh, click on to this. While well, you're looking for that, Scott Wagaspak says, backroom deals, ack. Yeah. Hey, Scott, by the way, if uh, that's uh, Alderman Scott Wagspack from the 32nd Ward. Give that man a, a ding. Um, I hope he's listening to the, at the end of the show when we discuss the, the horse-drawn carriage ordinance uh, and the idea of putting those guys uh, out of business um, later on. So we need, uh, we need some aldermen behind yes. that. Uh, now, the moth at the Peggy Notabart Nature Museum was the Madagascan moon moth. See, and that was my nickname in high school. Um, anyway, you had a lot of nicknames. I had in a high lot school. of nicknames in high school. Uh, it arrived at the museum in mid-December. Spent nearly three months in cocoon before hatching last week. That's huge. And, and it only survives about a week. Wow. Doug Terran is going to be on the show real soon in the next few weeks. The museum's chief curator, and he said, adult butterflies and moths don't generally uh, have a very long lifespan. It's a little shorter than average for not only this species, but also compared to its close relatives. So if you want to see it, you better be there in the next couple of days, I guess, because it's already been out several days. Um, it's a com- is one of the largest moths in the world, long tails beneath its yellow, green, and brown-colored wings. I mean, you got to see like the photo. like a kite. Yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, crazy beautiful. So uh, uh, what was interesting was we posted that, and then everybody went nuts. They needed to share that. (laughs) We had like 60, 70 shares on that, which is really great. All right, the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, second hour. Coming up, we're talking farmers. We're talking horse-drawn carriages in the city of Chicago, and we hope you're part of it. Captain's Log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be 
perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Warp. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. Aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm, it appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now please make enjoy for second hour capitalist radio. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy. Wealthy, wide awake, lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good tools to make me music, porches, lawns. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show, the second hour of the Mike Novak Show. And uh, we are very pleased to start right at the top of the hour with. Uh, a fellow we met at the Good Food Expo uh, just uh, the other week, and that's Yoram Shanan. And welcome, Yoram. Hey, thanks for having me. He is the beginning farmer of the year, uh, and uh, award winner. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's one of the reasons we interviewed you over at the the Good Food Expo. Um, and you're with Sandbox Organics. Yep. Yeah, Sandbox Organics is my farm. We're a certified organic uh, vegetable, herb, and cut flower farm, um, and we serve the Chicagoland area. So you took some time off today to come on down, and I mean, would you have been? What would you have been doing today? On, on it's early in the season. Are are you uh, doing any prep? And if so, what kind of prep are you doing right now? Um, we are all in the greenhouse. Uh, the fields are too wet, so we're starting seeds in the greenhouse and uh, and doing construction projects. We actually just moved on to a new farm property, so we're pretty busy just getting the infrastructure set up and doing indoor work right now. And and, and you say you moved on to a new farm property. Where where are you located? So we're in uh, Hebron, Illinois, which is in McHenry County. Okay, near the Wisconsin border. Um, and, um, the, you know, and this is actually a good lesson for, for gardeners too, about working the soil this Mm -hmm. early, you know, and, and, and one of the things I like about the weather we've had this year is that it's been cold enough where nobody wants, yeah, my, I'm sagging here. Okay. Uh, it's, it's cold enough where nobody really wants to go out and work in the yard. Right. Uh, all those, a lot of us who are, who are gardeners are itching and I'm farmers are itching too. And oh, some, yeah. in some years you can go out there, but not this year at often though, at this time of year, the, what the, the soil is just too wet. Right. And what will happen is if you go out there and if you're a gardener and you're tromping around in the soil, you're going to compact it. And now you're in a world of hurt because you can't grow. And tell us a little bit. What's the problem with compaction, Yoram? Well, compaction, um, you know, one one issue with compaction is that um, 
the root systems of a lot of plants, most plants, they actually need oxygen in the soil. And they need there to be uh, pockets of oxygen. So when we compact the soil and we squeeze out all those spaces for them to breathe in, they, they can't grow. Um, some of them don't have the strength to actually push their tap roots through the soil, or if they do, they're not actually getting um, enough oxygen from the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also, um, like you were saying, when we go in too early and we compact the, the wet soil, it can really um, affect the, just the, the makeup of the soil. And well, so, yeah, because, you know, when it's wet, it just it, it all smushes together, mm-hmm. and then it's really hard later on. You can't. You can't just magically wave a wand and, no. and have it uh, nice and loose again. So the, the the important thing is let it dry out on its own and don't go in and work it right now. Uh, and, and again, people who are in their backyard say the garden centers about this time of year, they start to open up and they start selling plants. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes, oh, that's our signal. We'll go out and buy some pansies and we'll put them in the ground. You know, you're a farmer, so you're, you're, you're dealing with different stuff. But I'm trying to relate it to the average gardener in their right. backyard. But so they... Their cue is from the garden centers and then and also the ads they're seeing on TV, which are saying, oh, my goodness, the the lawn care right now. If you're watching the final four, if you're watching any like me, I occasionally watch golf. Well, I watch golf all the time (laughs) uh, on on TV and 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 the big uh, lawn care companies are out there saying, well, you got to put down fertilizer or nothing's ever going to come up. If you don't put the fertilizer down now, you're not going to see any grass. It's just going to be all brown all year long, which is, you know. You can have weeds, weeds, weeds. Right, exactly. So you got to put down chemicals, too. Uh, the problem with that is the ground, a lot of the ground is still wet. Uh, you look at my backyard, the turf's all brown, and uh, it's because it's too early. It's The, the yeah. ground hasn't warmed up. Well, here's, uh, here's my trick. I take a spade shovel. Yeah. I stick it in the ground, and... I won't work the ground until it's dry all the way the length of that spade hmm. shovel. Really? Yeah. So, and do you do it in different parts of your fields to find oh, out? Oh, yeah. 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 I'll, usually I'll take it in quadrants, so I'll test, you know, each corner and, and tell if it's ready. And in the garden, specifically, it can really change from one place to the next, depending on if it's shaded by a fence or shaded by the house. So, um, you really got to know your 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 yard and, and how... Um, how it works. Yeah. And one of the things that folks find out about, about growing stuff is that, as you mentioned, for like from, from one foot to the next, mm-hmm. uh, conditions can change, whether it is drainage, whether it is shade, whether it's something else, uh, leaching from something. And, and folks don't understand why they might buy three shrubs and they're three feet apart and one of them does great and the other one dies and one's just sort of so-so. And you think, yeah. I bought them all at the same place, and they're all clones. How come they're they're not doing well? Well, because conditions change from right. foot to foot. Well, and if you know what you're doing, you can actually use that to your advantage and say, okay, well, this is the right place for this type of plant, mm-hmm. and this is the right place for this type of plant. Oh, no, that's too smart. <laughs> I mean, why, why, why would we no, do it? No, you put it in, let it die, and then... <laughs> there you go. Can, are you beginning to figure out why this guy was the beginning farmer of the I year? I think so. Give that man a ding. All right. Uh, and am I pronouncing your name right, Yoram Shanon? Yoram Shanon. Yoram Shanon. See? You, go. you gotta just you gotta just say it. It's like, Mike, you're an idiot. Stop saying it that way. Yoram Shanon. All right. It's it's a song, basically. I'm gonna write a song about it Yoram Shanon. Yeah. Okay. The Mike Novak show with Peggy Malachi. We'll be right back. What? <laughs> Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? 
Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. This is a special invitation for the public to join the Last Chance House for a celebration of sobriety at this year's annual banquet. Mark your calendars for Saturday, April 7th, when the Last Chance House is hosting its annual celebration at the brand new and beautiful Avante Banquet and Conference Center in Fox River Grove, Illinois. This fundraising event features a beautiful four-course dinner, live and silent auctions, raffles, and an inspiring keynote address by this year's visiting speaker, John Kay from Dallas, Texas. Your all-inclusive VIP tickets are just $75 each. Last Chance House is a premier short-term sober living home and accepts no insurance, federal or state funding, but rather relies solely on private donations to help men recover from alcoholism and learn to live a happy, productive life in sobriety. For more information about this year's banquet, visit us online at lastchancehouse.org. Plan on joining us on Saturday, April 7th for what promises to be a fun and inspiring celebration that benefits a most important mission that helps not just the man recover, but the entire community. Remember that for each man who recovers, so recovers his family, friends, and community members. All right, we're going to keep things moving right on because we're running behind on time. We're going to bring up a dynamic, handsome young gentleman. All right, New Orleans, put your hands together and welcome New Orleans own, the legendary Earl King. The legendary who? What? He's a legend, don't you know? He's legendary. And I didn't realize we were running behind here. Okay. Okay, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy. How do you pronounce that last name? Eh, it doesn't yeah. matter. Okay. Uh, and uh, in the studio with us is Yoram. Oh, now I'm not going to get Yoram. Oh, <laughs> See, I'm now. now He's doing I'm, it on purpose. Yoram Shannon. There you yeah, go. I've become like the telemarketers. <laughs> uh, and usually you got brothers and you all have Hebrew names. I've got two brothers. Uh, is that why you guys are in Hebron? You, you guessed it. It's, there we go. All right. All right. Uh, and what are but your brothers' you names? You need more jelly beans. Um, of Nair and Galad. Oh, no. that's that's Those are even harder. I know. And so the the telemarketers, they really have a good time with it. <laughs> uh, well, that's when you know to just hang up on them. So are, are, are they in the business, too? or what They're are they actually both in uh, computer programming. One of them uh, has been in early childhood education until recently, and he... Um, just made the switch, so now we've got two computer programmers and a farmer. Wow! Now, why are you a farmer? Well, how did how did Sandbox Organics get started? Um, I was in uh, university studying um, environmental sciences. Uh, I was taking a class in ecology and permaculture, and uh, decided that I was going to transfer into um, a sustainable agriculture program at another school. And in the meantime, I started 
um, Woofing, which is like a work trade program mm-hmm. on farms. It stands for... Right. A friend of mine, uh, uh, Mac Austin, has done the Woof. Yeah. And it's she... a great program. Yeah. So I, I, I really recommend it. Even to someone who... Do you remember what it, what it stands for? It's W-O-O-F. Yeah. Right. Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. <laughs> That's we'll accept, why he won we'll the ex- award. We'll accept that as an answer. All right. I mean, what is worldwide opportunities <laughs> on organic farms? There you go. Oh, I'm so sorry. For you 10 didn't, points. <laughs> didn't phrase it in form of a question. Oh, so sorry. Uh, go but ahead. There's, there's a, a chapter in, I don't want to say every country, but you know, there's a United States chapter. There's a Mexico one. So there, it goes by country. And um, farms sign up as hosts. They agree to um, uh, offer room and board in exchange for um, help on the farm. Yeah. And there's lots of different – there's large farms, little farms, crop farms, livestock farms, new farms, old farms. And so <laughs> um, for me and other people like me, it's a great way to get your foot in the door and yeah. gain some experience. And sometimes people just use it as a way to travel if you want to go to Mexico – um, but you don't have a lot of money. I don't know why you keep using that example, but I think it's because that a, where you went. A friend of mine did do it there, so that's probably why. But you and know, where where were you? Um, I was in Colorado, Washington, and Oregon. Oh, you didn't leave the country. I didn't leave the country, but I I um, was really excited about the those regions about the Rockies and the Pacific Northwest, and yeah. so I actually started farming out there uh, for maybe only a year kind of spending a, two or three months in each place and then decided I really liked it and wanted to see what agriculture uh, back home in the Midwest was like. So I got an internship on a farm in Wisconsin mm-hmm. um, and started building my career. Um, from there, I got um, an assistant manager position um, in Illinois and I've been farming in Illinois ever since. And uh, in 2014, uh, made the leap to start Sandbox Organics. And what kind of capital capital did you have to do that? I, um, well, almost none. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what I figured, yeah. We are a CSA farm. Mm-hmm. Um, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. And it's a uh, sort of like a subscription model where uh, people uh, buy seasonal farm memberships in the spring. Um, and in return, they get uh, weekly or bi-weekly deliveries of fresh produce throughout the growing season. And um, what that does for the farmer is it gives them a little bit of money up front so that they can have seed money, yeah. um, literally and figuratively. Right. Um, and so we've, I sold... We've got, we've got some in a basket here with eggs. <laughs> seed money right there. <laughs> there you yeah. go. I think she... Didn't she put a $20 bill in one of those eggs? I have no idea. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe she did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I actually just started um with the csa sales alone and really and that that was in the city in the city right in 2014 um was the first year of sandbox and we were growing out of uh my family's backyard in lakeview and we did uh, sandbox yeah so it we we had this which was how big it was 400 square feet um and we turned that into four uh, three foot by twenty foot or something like that beds, um, and I produced a sixteen week CSA um, 
micro CSA because we really only were serving a few households at that time. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but were we, they all close by? Yeah, it was yeah, all, all sort of sort of a neighborhood business, right? right? Yeah, and you know when we had our block party that summer, we had all the kids come and and see the vegetable garden, and we um, invited different um, community organizations just to come and like you know chefs from local restaurants to come mm-hmm. and see it. So we tried to use it as a vehicle to just engage people and let them know what we were doing. And it worked well enough for you to think, hey, I could do this on a larger scale, right? Yeah. <laughs> so at that time, amazing. I, I was um, I was taking a farm, farm, it's called Farm Beginnings, mm-hmm. um, and it's a farm business planning course, and they really encourage an- Angelic, Angelic Organics. Right, through yeah. the Angelic Organics Learning Center. Yeah. There we go. Ding, ding. Um, and they connected me with the Liberty Prairie Foundation who runs the Farm Business Development Center. It's like a business incubator for small farms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the between the, those two organizations, they really laid the groundwork for me to make that transition and, and um, made it possible for me to take my experience and, and put it into a business. And here we are in 2018, four years later, you're the beginning farmer of the year. What are you, what are you growing out there at the... Your uh, your farm. Uh, we've got uh, five acres uh, in vegetables, cut flowers, um, perennials, and herbs, and mm-hmm. then we've got two acres of woodlot that we're running in um, uh, Berkshire pigs right now. So with the vegetables, we're growing a little bit of everything, over fifty different crops. Um, from however, they're specialty crops, right? We're doing um, heirlooms and. Um, for you know certain certain um vegetables we're doing you know five to ten different mm-hmm. varieties, so we're really all about diversity on the farm and not just in different types of vegetables but even within each vegetable, yeah. you know getting our customers to try different varieties that have different color schemes, different flavors and it's it's fun for it's fun for us to grow, and I think it's fun mm-hmm. for our customers to so eat. what what's your c s a volume now how many uh Shares. Um, we're putting out a hundred boxes a week. Okay. Um, and all of our uh, members get their boxes from uh, different neighborhood pickup sites around the north side of Chicago. Um, we've got seven now. I think it's uh, Logan Square, Wicker Park, um, Lakeview, North Center, Andersonville, Rogers Park, um, Bucktown. Okay. Maybe missing one it's or two. It's all my neck of the woods yeah. over yeah. there. Are you going to expand to the suburbs at all? Yeah, so um, this is our first year um, in Hebron, and uh, we're really just trying to sort of brace ourselves for the transition. Mm -hmm. But next season, we're going to start branching out into um, Arlington Heights, Schaumburg, Barrington, all of the places that are sort of en route to the city from where we are. You're you're aggressive. (laughs) Really. I mean, you're just – you're not content with what you've got. You've got to – uh, do you have to do this to stay in business? Yeah. Uh, well, we've got to grow um, some way or another. Um, so well, it's we'll, we'll give that a ding. <laughs> um, pun intended. So of course, yeah. Um, we uh, we grow vegetables primarily. We also do the the flowers and livestock. But uh, any any farmer will tell you that vegetables are a hard business. So we're really trying to figure out ways that we can make that 
that uh, type of farming work for us because we love to grow the vegetables. Well, so. which takes us to uh, a, a series of articles that uh, Peggy actually found um, about new farmers, young farmers, where farming is going in America. As you know, the old farmer, the, the majority of farmers are, are, are 55 plus. And now there's the question of who's going to take over that, those jobs and that mantle. Um, And there was an article in the new food economy. Well, the first, it was an article in the, the Washington post that said, Hey, here's the, the face of the new farmers and they're growing vegetables and they're growing flowers. And then the new food economy said, wow, that's really uh, not. Well, well, that was an op-ed. It wasn't, it it was some people who had contributed. It wasn't the new food economy itself. It was an op-ed that ran on the new food economy. Oh, really? What, okay. Yeah, it, regardless, uh, the, it was in the new food economy. Right, exactly. And uh, whoever said, yeah, you're right. It was a, a commentary. Somebody said the f- young farmers are the least diverse and smallest group of farmers in the country. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, some of the people who read that got their knickers in a twist and said, hey, no, that's not true. We are diverse. We're doing all kinds mm-hmm. of different stuff. Do you... Do you participate in this kind of debate about the who the new farmers are and, and what they're doing and how important it is? Yeah, um, there's a fantastic uh, organization called the National Young Farmers Coalition. Which is mentioned in all of these articles, yes. Yeah, and they're doing a lot of great policy work in Washington. Um, and I think, I forget the number now, they, I think 27 different states across the country now have local chapters including chicago so chillinois yeah so i i help co-direct uh chillinois young farmers coalition which uh, represents chicago and northern illinois and by the way that's spelled c-h-i-l-l-i-n-o-i-s chillinois yep and (laughs) chillinois right now for sure it's very chilly here in Chilinois. <laughs> um, but you can find uh, Chilinois. Uh, we've got a website. We're on Facebook. And, yeah, National Young Farmers Coalition um, decided that um, there has been this ongoing trend um, of young generations uh, leaving agriculture and leaving rural communities. And uh, there's a reason for that. Um, and... Uh, a lot of it has to do with the policy that is incentivizing um, a specific type of agriculture, and it doesn't leave a lot of opportunity for what um, what you know new farmers might be interested in, which is uh, more sustainable, a lot of times, types of agriculture. Um, and uh, not only that, but just uh, financially sustainable um, farm businesses. So um, they're working to try and help uh, get more beginning farmers in the mm-hmm. industry, but also addressing that that issue of um, uh, diversity um, that you mentioned as well. So um, putting on workshops on um, racial equity um, among farm workers and things like that. One of the things we do find uh, in this business is um, maybe not so much farmers, I don't know, but, but you're, you're addressing... Uh, diversity, uh, but certainly in the environmental world, there just aren't enough people of color uh, in the in the conversations. Well, uh, and 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 the problem is this affects people of color more than any other group, and that's access to local food is part of the deal, but also uh, the harm done 
uh, to our environment by toxins and and the, the the kinds of businesses that we've run in the country forever. So yeah, and I think the, just to um, sort of further the point that you're making, there are not there are too few people of color running farm businesses, but there's actually an overwhelming amount of people of color doing farm labor across mm-hmm. the country, and they're just not being represented in our policy work. So that's one thing that we're trying to do is. Uh, is is policy work around the migrant laborers and people who really are the backbone of the food that we are eating most of the time. Well, one of the ways people can find out about this is the talent show that's, that, right, yep. that's coming up next weekend, right? April 7th, Saturday, um, at Beguile Brewing, um, Irving, no, Irving, it's near Irving Park and Ravenswood. Right. You know, it's right by Irving and uh, the, the, uh, the Ravenswood, the, the Brown Line. Uh, you got to go a block north of Irving to find it. So you're not going to find it right on Irving Park. So don't get confused if you go in the area. It's just right north of it. And we met. That's where we met last mm-hmm. year. There was a panel that uh, you were you participated yeah. in, and Peggy and I the did clean it up Tyson campaign. Clean it up Tyson campaign, and we did that live with live streaming, and that's where we met. So who who's in the talent show? And I know Band of Farmers is involved in this. Yeah, this is actually something that uh, Band of Farmers started. I think six years ago. Yeah. Now. yeah. Yeah, I've been to one, uh, at least one of those. Yeah. Um, so Band of Farmers is another great organization. Um, it's a CSA coalition. So farms like myself that use the CSA or community supported agriculture model. Um, and they decided to put together this talent show in the spring when they're trying to get um, uh, we are trying to get people um, aware of uh, CSA. Um, and we thought, uh, wouldn't it be great if we just got on stage and sort of embarrassed ourselves and let people know that yeah we're we're humans i've been and... known to do that myself <laughs> so um so this year uh it's going to be at begal brewing usually it's been at the hideout um but we're taking it to begal this year because they just do such great stuff um they do they let us have that panel there and mm-hmm. and it's a nice big space uh lots of room for you guys mm-hmm. to uh to do your thing and, and this, bring in a big crowd right yeah well, we hope good so parking too and this year it's uh going to be co-hosted by band of farmers and chill noise young farmer coalition um and so there will be uh farmers like myself singing songs <laughs> reading poetry uh i think there's going to be a couple couple of comedy sketches well, I'll tell you what, if folks want more information about Sandbox Organics, they can go to your Facebook page, right? They, yep, they can go to Facebook and look for the uh, Farmer Talent Show event on the Chillinois page. All right. And it's all on my website, MikeNovak.net. Yoram Shanan, Sandbox Organics, thank you so much for dropping by. We humans produce 40 million tons of e-waste every year, but only about 12.5% of it gets recycled. In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. E-waste is predicted to increase to 65 million tons by 2017. Yikes! So what is e-waste? Discarded electronics, computers, laptops, cell phones, TVs, DVRs, etc., Here are a couple of ways to unload your electronics responsibly. Donate them to local charities, such as cell phones to battered women's shelters. Find an electronics recycler near you. It's important to do your homework and make sure that wherever you dispose of your electronics, they are handled responsibly. I'm Green Diva Meg, and you can find more low-stress green living tips at thegreendivas.com.
Whether it's March, July, September, or December, if you're a gardener, any time of year is perfect for a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region and one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, What to Do in the Garden, and even my column on the inside back page of every issue. I make up stuff and they pay me for it. Go figure. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere. But go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and... In the uh, proud tradition I've had this Sunday morning, this Easter Sunday morning, in pronouncing everybody's name wrong, uh, I am going to actually turn to our guest and say, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> it's Jody Whitaker. Whitaker. Yep. Whitaker. Okay, so it's yep. not Whitaker, it's not Whitaker. It's, right. It's Whitaker, which yep. I would have gotten wrong, of course. Uh, so there we are. Now that I've butchered everybody's <laughs> name... And you know, how did we do that? How did we get a whole show with people's names that uh, I could not get right? We worked very hard. <laughs> yes, we did. It's very very difficult to do that, but we've managed to do that. Hey, I will have a, a quick announcement for folks listening. Unfortunately, well, fortunately for Rick DeMaio, he's out celebrating Easter Sunday. He's, Good, he's on an egg hunt uh, right now. He's on an egg hunt right now and probably in the pouring rain. I don't know. It's not raining here, so... Uh, he won't be with us today, but he'll be back next week. So uh, you're on your own for a forecast. I mean, we can tell you, I looked at the forecast, somebody else's forecast, and um, it's it doesn't get warm for a while. It's no. just not going to happen. It's if you just, like this, you're going to love the coming week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is exactly what we're dealing with here. So if you don't send Rick a Actually, I got, I, I got a bus time skilling real quick here, okay, Uh-oh. because I'm watching Channel 9 the other day, and he's doing the weather forecast, and he's saying, did you know that, and as Tom Skilling way, the, the, the past five Easter's, here are the temperatures for the past five Easter's, and, and this is going to be the coldest Easter in the past, you know, and I'm looking at it, and he, and he lists the, he says Easter from the various years, mm-hmm. and the temps. What he does not list is the dates, yeah. because Easter is not on the same date every year, right. Tom, so one of those dates was Two weeks later. Late April. Yeah. And I'm like, Tom, that's not scientific. (laughs) It's not scientific. If you don't actually put the dates up there, you can't make any comparisons. You know, oh, well. But not the bus Tom, but uh, I just But. But. Okay. So there you go. So uh, Jody Whitaker is here in the studio. Jody, how tall are you? I'm 6'1". So am I. All right. Hey. Hey. All right. 
Someone who I can uh, high I'm five. the short one. Here. Yeah, that's right. And you're tall. <laughs> I'm five nine. So. Yeah. So yeah, I was gonna say you seem tall. Holy smoke! When, when you when you wear see this is if you really want to intimidate people, you just wear heels, right? <laughs> uh, I, I do. Have you, okay, uh, I got it. It's too cold I, out today. I, we should have planned in advance. We could have both come in. <laughs> but I have to ask you: Have you ever done that on purpose? Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> okay. Just, Possibly. Just, mm-hmm. just wondering. Just wondering. Okay. Uh, Jody uh, is uh, the campaign director for Chicago Alliance for Animals. Also, uh, founder of the partnership to ban horse carriages worldwide. Uh, and I'm gonna. I'm going to confess to something, Jody, which is that until you started writing to me, I didn't even know this was an issue. And I imagine I'm not alone, right? Yes. Uh, yes. That folks come, you come to Chicago. If you live in Chicago, you've been downtown, you see the horses and the carriages and you go, oh, isn't that quaint? Isn't that cute? Uh, and some, maybe some of you have ridden in a, a carriage with a horse and uh, thought it was really kind of fun. And um, what could be the possible harm of doing something like that? So, Jody, what is the possible harm of doing something like that? Well, we have uh, found uh, from our documentation over the last year that the horse carriage drivers uh, work the horses typically 10, 11, over 12 hours sometimes. And, <clears throat> excuse me, the law states, the Chicago law states that they're only allowed to work six hours in a 24-hour period. And we we have documented them working 12 hours on Saturdays, 12 hours on Sundays. We have documented no water being provided, especially in the winter months when it's very cold and dehydrating. Um, we've seen them out when they're working, them when it's 90 degrees or higher, which is against the law. Uh, what it comes down to is neither the city, uh, the city department that's supposed to enforce the law, which is business affairs and consumer protection, neither their office, uh, the police, nor animal care and control monitor or enforce horse carriages. Uh, they're they're simply not enforced. So that's why we started uh, trying to keep an eye on them mm-hmm. and see what we learned what the laws were. And as far as I know, from what I'm reading and what you've written, nobody was monitoring this until you came along and said, we're going to watch this. And, and in 2017 alone, like the first half of the year, you viewed... Uh, more than a hundred violations of the law. The law is there, but as you point out, it's not enforced, which is not surprising in the city of mm-hmm. Chicago. Right. Okay, because there's a lot of laws on the books that are not enforced. We talk about them on the show. One of the them is the recycling law that wasn't enforced for, for twenty years. Exactly. Uh, where where businesses uh, um, high rises were supposed to have recycling systems and they didn't set them up. And did the city do anything? No, they didn't do anything. My building doesn't have one. Well, and I we... recycle and it take it out to my mom's in the suburbs. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I get that. Uh, but it and... takes someone dedicated to be watching what's happening with the horses. Yep. Versus yeah. some a cop just walking. Now the, the police don't even know the laws, yeah. and that's not really the police the, their fault. They're not trained on that issue. So. Um, I actually spoke with a couple of policemen one night after witnessing the horses out for way too long. And the policeman said to me, in all my 20 years or however long he'd been on the force, he had never had anyone ask him about the horses. So he's like, I'll have to check into that. But they simply don't know the law. Um, The day uh, last summer in June when it was 92 degrees out, we called the police uh, to ask them to send the horses in. The, The police didn't know the law. And the driver told the police that, they use a specific app, which was a lie, because I checked with the supervisor of investigations at BACP afterward if there was an official website, which is what the driver said. 
There is no official website. As long as multiple apps are showing it's 90 or higher, they have to go in. The policeman did not force them to go in that day. So if there are laws on the books, if it, there seems to be a, a disconnect here because uh, there are laws on the books, but nobody's asking about the horses. And yet somewhere in the past, sometime in the past, somebody was paying attention and said, this is important. When were these laws passed? You know? uh, that I, I actually don't know when the, these laws were created, okay. uh, but they were created with the input of veterinarians and equine experts. So these weren't just created by some aldermen. They had some input by people who know horses. Yeah. And they just decided that for a horse pulling a carriage, which a horse has to be trained to do in the first place, right? Uh, I'm sure that a lot of these horses, I believe, come from the Amish industry yeah. or possibly race horse, uh, horse racing. Uh, so they, they've already been, you know, they've been worked and they've been, so they might be trotters or they might be, of course you don't want a horse trotting out there. You just want it plodding along. Uh, and, uh, it's, they've determined that six hours is about the amount that a horse can stand this. But even, even then you're talking about other issues that are really, really, you know, I, I, Went, I put the list of them on my website. If you go to MikeNovak.net, you can read a lot about this. Uh, some of the other complaints you guys have are horses uh, may be stuck in cement barns uh, and in suffocating stalls with no place to exercise. 18th century horse carriages in a 21st century congested urban motorized environment is a real danger to the public. Not to mention the horses. Mm -hmm. The horse carriage companies admit their business model is to break the law. What do you mean by that? Uh, In November, we got some media after I had spent 12 hours uh, down at the horse carriage stand on November 25th. And they had interviewed the attorney for the horse for the three horse carriage companies who said that there's been confusion about the six hour law for for years. Yeah. Uh, The city, the reporter confirmed with the city that a horse is considered to be working, whether standing or pulling a carriage. Uh, the attorney responded with, if we were to follow that law, we would go out of business. So we are certain that every time the horses are out, they are overworked. So why don't they just bring in more horses? They probably can't afford them. That's my guess. So they've got low overhead. But also just that it takes probably a half hour to get to the stable. So you're talking about a half hour to get there, half hour back. That's time they're not making money. So if they're... It's going to be cutting into their bottom line. They're not going to do it. Okay. There's just so many things. Yeah, uh, or they'd need dual carriages to swap them out or right. something. Yeah. And, and, and to be sure, we're not talking about a huge industry, right? No, there's, no. As you say, there's three carriage companies in the city of Chicago. Representing how many employees do you guess? Uh, I'd say maybe... 20 to 25. I'm yeah. not I'm not really 100% mm-hmm. sure on that. Yeah, but it's, and it's about not how many gonna... horses. And maybe around uh 25 to 30 horses. One company only has 3 horses and they truck them in from Indiana. Mhm. And uh they claim that they're not doing much harm. One of their lawyers, it was really interesting to one of the stories that came out that one of the lawyers said, hey, it's like a traffic ticket. And so his yeah. whole idea, he's going to go in. There was supposed to be an administrative hearing this week, yes. last Wednesday, mm-hmm. where the judge was going to rule on the more than $100,000 in fines that uh, you, your group has managed to to discover in terms of infractions. 
against the, the Chicago law. It sounds to me like what the lawyer's trying to do, he's, he's saying, ah, it's like a traffic ticket. We'll, we'll bargain it down and it'll be a few thousand dollars and then uh, we'll go back to work. You, of course, would like to see it stay at 100000 so that they can't pay it, so that they'll stop doing this and stop mistreating the horses. Right. This is not just about them breaking the law constantly. I mean, in addition to all the animal welfare laws they're breaking, they're also breaking laws that impact public safety. We have, I have video of a, a carriage driver going through Michigan Avenue, uh, looking down at her phone. There are sirens going on all around her. And she looks around to see if the sirens are coming toward her, and she looks back down on her phone. She's got passengers in her carriage. That's very reckless, in my opinion. Um, And it's against law because they're supposed to follow the same traffic laws as the city and the state. Um, There are many violations that we have found. It's just a fraction. The 130 uh, citations is just a fraction, and it's only for the first half of 2017. And and you guys are a small group yourself. Oh, yeah. So so you... (laughs) If you find 130 violations with just a few people going out there, God knows how many other violations are really occurring. When we're not down there. When you're not down there in the course of a year. We can't be down there all the time. (laughs) We all have jobs and... Uh, so we and, and neither can the city because the city is the, the the people who would enforce that say oh we don't work on weekends well yeah. when do you think they're doing the horse the horse and carriages they're doing them on the weekends folks exactly. and they He's, need to be assigned to that's all they're doing right but they're they're not I mean yeah. it's just yeah. it's bizarre yeah. is what it is when the city says well we can't keep up with it because we don't work on weekends and he also well, said we're complaint driven so they only take action when someone complains and so somebody like you. Has to take up the, all right, we need to take a short break. We will be back with uh, Jody Whitaker, uh, and we'll be talking about Chicago Alliance for Animals. We hope you join us. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. This is Mike Novak, Tree Keeper number 417, inviting you to register for the Open Lands Tree Keeper Spring Course. 
Tree keepers are trained volunteers who advocate and care for nature's most majestic plants, trees, around the Chicago area. The eight-day course covers topics like tree planting, mulching, pruning, pests and diseases, and more. The course will be held Sundays and Thursdays, April 8th through May 3rd at the Washington Park Fieldhouse in Chicago. To learn more, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? And we're back to the Gloria Vivaldi. It's still playing in the background. It's been playing uh, the whole time we've been doing this show. Ellie's been singing the whole time out of the Uh, control booth. Uh... And I want everybody else to join in as well. <laughs> oh, you don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. In the studio, we have uh, Jody Whitaker uh, from the Chicago Alliance for Animals. We're talking about the, the horse-drawn carriages in Chicago. And again, I'm, I'm going to state, until I started seeing your information, I had no idea this was a problem. Um, and as you were mentioning during the break, those of you listening on Facebook uh, Live heard this, but... When you get tourists in the city, you get the same reaction, don't you? Oh, yeah. We we get tons of people who will, I mean, we sometimes have crowds of people standing around waiting to sign our petition mm-hmm. and tell us uh, they hate seeing it. I had a woman break down crying yesterday uh, when I did a video of her, uh, and she was so upset about what she sees. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's very rare that we get anybody who who debates us and and I there occasionally have had people who have and I explain to them what we've witnessed, what we've documented and it and they they instantly are like, "Really?" because I think the average person believes that they're being taken care of. They're only working the amount of time they're supposed to. They get water breaks. Uh that's another... Water breaks is like is a huge one and I'm stunned by that. You would think that the easiest thing for them to do is to make sure the horse gets a proper water break. But that's obviously not the case. No, they, they deny them water often. We've been down there where they uh, haven't had water in the winter when in summer they have a fountain mm-hmm. to drink from. And in the winter last month when we were down there for our monthly outreach, the water bucket was not there. There was a horse out there. And the reason there's a reason they don't want them drinking water because they don't want them urinating on the street. Uh, there is a, another law that if a horse urinates on the street, the driver has to pour down some sort of soapy solution to uh, disinfect and get rid of the smell. Uh, now, we have uh, witnessed them not doing that as well when a horse has um, mm-hmm. urinated. Well, I, I was doing some research on this, and the Animal Welfare Institute uh, wrote that a typical horse will drink 5 to 10 gallons of water a day. Horses pulling carriages in high heat require much greater volumes, 15 to 20 gallons, as they may lose more than 10 gallons of water from evaporation. So imagine, you know, you're, you're an athlete and you're out there and you're running a marathon and, and you're, and you're, uh, whoa, okay. Whoa. Oh, okay. All right. Technical difficult. Um, Sonar, wow. add that to your list, please. <laughs> I think, I, I think I'm just going to hold the Mike microphone. Mike broke the mic. Uh, well, there, there it is. The thing down there. Sorry about that, Sonar. Um, uh, cause I, I, <laughs> this is why Sonar says, do not dance with the microphone. <laughs> All right. Um, but I had to to read this thing. But uh, the, I, I've lost my train of thought. It's about gallons of water. Yeah, a lot of gallons of water for a for a horse. Um, and 
uh, it's that's just one of the problems that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and hooves are another on on asphalt and concrete that's not good for the horses. I mean, it, it, it just goes. There's issue after issue. And and speaking about the heat, for example, if they're out working on a 90-degree day, 92 degrees back in June, um, that's only the air temperature. You're not taking into consideration the humidity, the uh, the fact that the asphalt can be 20 to 50 times hotter than the air temperature, and that's directly coming off their feet. Yeah, all the extra pollution off the cars. So, and when we're talking about water, we have a very disturbing video of a horse uh, just yearning to drink gutter water. And the driver is more concerned with putting a flag on his head and attaching all this, uh, all these, you know, decorations to his body than allowing him to drink water. And then she hooks the part of his um, whatever, the tack, where he cannot reach his head down to even drink the gutter water. Oh, dear. And speaking of him and her and his, are they... Uh, male, female, doesn't matter. I'm sure there's both. Yeah. 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 I was just wondering if it made any difference. We don't honestly have a lot of information on the horses, their ages. Because um, obviously the carriage companies don't want you to know, don't want you to know where they came from, don't want you to know how old they are, how long they've been doing this. Where uh, they came from. Uh, and that's part of the thing, too. It's They're saying, well, this is a, a good way for a horse to retire. <laughs> Yeah. So to speak, but it's not. This is this is uh, indentured servitude and um, perhaps even slavery yeah. for a and, horse. And these drivers have told us, you know, they love these horses like their own pets. But we have witnessed uh, carriage drivers flicking cigarettes down by the feet of the horses. We've witnessed them washing when they've had water to drink, washing their hands and their drinking water. Um, these are not things you would do uh, to, for your own pet. And it's so surprising because you would think the carriage drivers would be horse lovers and would have the animal, the, the animal's best the health, well, health welfare yeah. at, at heart. It's just yeah, surpri- you, it was so surprising to read that. Well, and that's the other thing. Uh, that I, Before my microphone collapsed here in front of me, uh, I was going to say when I was doing some research on it, the only people that you can find that are in favor of this are the drivers themselves, the businesses themselves. I have seen virtually nothing out there, any other third party saying, oh, this is fine, you shouldn't worry about it. The only people who say this is fine, you, should, you shouldn't worry about it, are the horse-drawn carriage companies themselves. As industry who will, who yeah. will profit mm-hmm. off them. Yeah. And CAA, we have uh, more than 90 endorsements now from businesses, veterinarians, animal rescues, animal advocate, advocacy organizations, um, local Chicago restaurants that have endorsed a ban. And we have at least, I think, seven uh, aldermen who support a ban. And, and uh and we need more and I hope yeah, Scott Wagasbag is, yeah, is listening he was Yeah, he said I'm supporting the horse ban ordinance by Alderman Riley. Right. Uh, so there we go. So what's happening with that ordinance? Uh it's currently sitting in the committee on license and consumer protection. Um it was introduced in December by Alderman Riley and Hopkins mm-hmm. and um so we're we're just working with the aldermen to try to get it on the agenda in the committee uh to get voted on and we're reaching out to the aldermen every day. Uh we are, you know, sending them our videos, our documentation, letting them know what we're finding so they're aware of the issue because they aren't just like most people. So this isn't a sudden ban. It's a phase out when it's time for them to renew their licenses. The way the ordinance, the language in the ordinance is that basically they would not renew the licenses when they're up for renewal, which is at the end of November. So in a sense, that is a phase out, you yeah. know, to, until the end of the year, basically. And and one of the arguments, again, uh, from the carriage owners is that, well, if we don't have these jobs for the horses, they'll be put down. 
Well, that's a scare tactic that um, anyone in the horse carriage industry will use uh, to say that, well, if there's a ban, these horses will be slaughtered. If the horses are slaughtered, that's completely on the owners of the horse. Unfortunately, in our world, animals are still considered property. So whoever owns the animal gets to decide what happens to that animal. Mm -hmm. However, our organization has been reaching out to rescues, sanctuaries, farms uh, to find forever homes in case any of these owners decide that they can no longer care and feed for these horses. Uh, we will find help them find sanctuaries, yeah. forever good homes, so these horses can retire in, uh, you know, and be treated well for the rest of their lives and not be strapped to a contraption uh, for the rest of their lives until, yeah. Uh, well, if folks want more information, they can go to your Facebook page, right? Yeah. yeah. Is there any place else that you would recommend? Yeah, our Twitter account, our Twitter handle is at shy, C-H-I, animal rights. And our Facebook page, uh, we don't have a website as of yet, mm-hmm. uh, but those are the best I'm two I'm hoping places. you don't need one. I'm hoping that th- <laughs> this week, because you're going back to the administrative court, and if they slap them with $100,000 worth of fines, that it, it might be ball game right there. You're right. And by the way, these carriage companies have had months to try to comply with the city, and they haven't. The city has given them months to send in documentation, and they haven't done it. Well, keep us posted about what happens this week because we can report on it next week, and uh, we'll see whether the uh, the lawyers are able to— weasel them out of there. Uh, Thank you so much for coming down to the studio. Jody Whitaker of the Chicago Alliance for Animals. Also want to thank Yoram Shanan from Sandbox Organics and all the organizations he's with and uh, Shailin Hora, artist, a seed artist. I think I got all the names right now. Okay, (laughs) And Ellie and Sonar. And Ellie and Sonar and everybody else in the control room. Until next Sunday, go green or go home. Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.